Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, beautiful people? Thank you for taking the time out to tune in into Creative Habits Podcast. How you doing today, my love? I'm well. How are you? I can't complain. We have a few great topics to talk about today, but let's start off with the news. Yes. So this is an article coming from the New York Times, and it shares that in addition to COVID, more children are getting a respiratory virus that is more commonly seen in winter an outbreak of respiratory syncytial mm. <laughs> virus mm. um, syncytial means a large cell-like structure formed by the joining together of two or more cells syncytial um, combined with growing COVID-19 pediatric cases is straining hospital resources in some U.S. cities um, so apparently the U.S. is wasting vaccine doses even as cases rise and other countries suffer shortages. Dr. Fauci predicts COVID cases will rise, but he says lockdowns are very unlikely. Canada finds two travelers, nearly 20000 each, for providing false vaccination documents. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are just little points in key terms that are happening at the same time as this article. So I'll go ahead and share more details about um, children getting the respiratory virus um, that's more commonly seen in winter. So U.S. health officials have expressed concern over a simultaneous rise in Delta infections in cases of respiratory syncytial virus, a highly contagious season-like flu um, that is more likely to affect children and other adults and older adults. Cases of RSV have risen gradually since early June, with an even greater spike in the past month. According to data from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, the illness which which can cause symptoms that include a runny nose, coughing, sneezing, fever, and normally begins to spread in the fall, making the summer spike very unusual. Any thoughts? Any comments? Yeah, we're uh, we're in a bad predicament. This COVID stuff is is nothing to play with. Do you believe that um, there is a reason for it to now have a new variant, or what are your thoughts on where we are now with COVID? It seems like viruses often mutate when um, when they're, I guess trying to survive because the vaccine was was supposed to i guess not cure us but soften the blow of the virus right um scientifically i think that it's a way to avoid a severe case of covid Mm -hmm. so the chances of you dying from covid is apparently very unlikely Mm -hmm. if you're vaccinated but if you're not vaccinated, they're saying your risks of dying 
is at a greater chance. Wow. So is that, I'm not sure if that's statistically proven, like, what's the stats behind it? How many people with the um, vaccine have died of COVID? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. I haven't done my own personal research on that, but I, I have heard very recently that regardless of whether or not you have the vaccine, you are still capable of spreading Delta virus, but you're also still very capable of getting sick and um, getting COVID. That's terrible. That's terrible. So, but even, so what Dr. Fauci was saying about the lockdown, I did feel like that's how we would end up being yeah. in that predicament where people are going to suffer from COVID, but the world is not going to shut down. The world will continue because monetarily, mm-hmm. especially the United States, we're a capitalistic society. Yeah. And I don't think that shutting down would be beneficial for profit. Even though it's more about the people than it is about the money. But I think that that's not going to be the case. They're just going to let people get sick. That's terrible. America is is really a, a, a terrible place when it comes to that. You know, mm. just, be, just because of capitalism. like It's half and a half, yeah. Go because ahead. you didn't you mention before that Australia stayed in, like, lockdown. And their They've case, had very strict COVID rules, yes. And their cases aren't as bad as like other people, mm-hmm. other places, right? Uh, yes, I did hear that. I think the difference between somewhere like like Australia and here is at the start of COVID, Australia, New Zealand, they had a very distinct, uniformed agreement as to what was going to take place. Mm-hmm. Whereas America, I think that there was a lot of tension and a lot of disagreements within parties and they couldn't come to a decision as to who what to do that's when trump was just like okay well it's up to the state when he as the leader of all states right should have just made one uniform decision um in regards to just what we were talking about america being terrible for our situation with COVID, um i think on the flip side America has the most vaccines available in the world right now, three times over. So countries that do want to vaccinate their people or or people that are interested in getting vaccinations in other countries um, are having challenges. And some of them have actually come to the United States just to get the vaccine. Wow. If they can. So I was listening to that on NPR. That's only if you have the um, monetary supply to do so. And then some of them are stuck here because now their countries are under a lockdown yeah. because COVID is so bad. I it's it's very scary time that we're living in. Hey, if if I was in charge of America, this joint would have been shut down for another year. You know what I yeah, mean? Really? <laughs> and everybody works from home. Yeah, a whole another year. You know, yeah. and a lot of people are not going back into the office. Um, a lot of teachers with underlying conditions and you know, health problems like, nah, I might as well retire early or just work from home. Or, you know, a lot of students are still like doing school from home, you know, which makes sense. Like, why would you want to put yourself at risk with a another variant of a, a, a deadly virus? Yeah. And then you also can't trust, you know, where people have been. Mm-hmm. So 
in settings such as schools or public settings is very risky. You know, if we're we're now ending up in a, a space or a time where COVID is going to have a, another surge with a different variant that's apparently far greater of an effect than mm. the, the first initial one. I don't know. Like, I'm worried about the lockdown. <laughs> but at the same time, like, it's now our norm. You know, it's, it's been our norm that we've been inside for a year. It just, it just makes sense. It makes sense. You know, if the virus travels through large groups of people, like Lollapalooza, um, they just had a... I saw that. A concert and it was like at it least was as if COVID didn't happen. Yeah, at least a hundred thousand people out there in Florida. So their excuse they're saying that they only permitted people that were vaccinated, had proof of vaccinations or a negative COVID test. And you just said that people have fake vaccination cards. So mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's uh it's this is a this is such a weird time to. It's a weird time, and I don't blame. Time. I don't. I don't blame anyone for their choices of how they're not. So, how would you handle the situation? Um, we were we were, it, I think we were rushing to open mm-hmm. shops and stores and get back into people maintaining their businesses. I think that I would have provided more of a what was it what were the checks called relief money stimulus checks stimulus checks i would have provided more um because it's not like we're a poor country i think the united states was capable of giving a little bit more to people um and just allow people to stay home i think i would have shut down school too you can shut down school for a year and it's not like the kids are going to lose that much information. Mm. It was a very stressful time. I think that we were all trying to navigate the pandemic, then navigate our duties at work. You know, mm. like it was just kind of too much where we could have just relaxed our brains for a minute. A lot of we all really received a little bit of like relief money and whatnot. But, mm-hmm. you know, that we as citizens in America pay more taxes than the richest billionaires. Really? Yeah, we pay a mm-hmm. lot more taxes than um a lot of these billionaires. So if some of these billionaires just paid a fraction of what we paid, a lot of that money could have gone towards more relief funds, more <laughs> unemployment, all this other stuff. You well, know they wouldn't I mean? be billionaires now, would they? Yeah, but <laughs> uh, it's, it's just a thought. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, let's take a break for today's sponsor. Black Velvet is proud to sponsor Creative Habits Podcast. Black Velvet is a Black-owned family business providing skincare products. Handmade, intentional, and designed to nurture the skin and body. Lather in luxury with our signature Black Velvet Shea Butter. Our base is raw shea infused with essential oils and vitamins to revive and enhance your natural skin's glow. We offer unisex options and a grooming kit to ensure quick and essential groom for daily application for any occasion or season. Try our Beard Gang Kit collection, perfect for a man on the go with notes of barbershop orange and essential oils to protect and nurture your beard growth. Visit us on Etsy at Shop Black Velvet 
or follow us on Instagram by Black Velvet. So we are back um, with today's topics. We are talking about monuments all over the world. Um, Things like the Great Pyramids of Egypt, um, Pyramids of South America, Machu Picchu, um, all these different type of monuments. Do you have any monuments that you would like to acknowledge or highlight? Um, The Great Ruins of Zimbabwe. So what's the story about those ruins? Are they like a word of mouth story or how they were created or what their purpose is? Um, well, not necessarily a word of mouth because it's still an existing landmark. Yeah, but... Um, it's still very prevalent, but... Is there like a story of its inception? Right, yes. Um, from, though, I think mostly from a westernized perspective, but they are um, stories from the people. But I can share a little bit of what I have um, in terms of resources online. And um, just to start off with, um, when Europeans discovered the Zimbabwean ruins, they couldn't believe that black people or Africans would create such a a space or a place without the interference of Europeans. Um, So in the 19th century, these European visitors to this abandoned medieval city called Zimbabwe Ruins refused to believe that indigenous Africans could have built such an extensive network of monuments. Such ignorance was disastrous for the remains of Great Zimbabwe. In the early 16th century, rumors of a mysterious fortress was with Garantian walls abandoned in the African jungle spread around Europe. Surrounded by gold mines and sitting on a 900-meter-high hill, the city was thought to represent the summit of a unique African civilization, which had traded with the distant Asian countries, including China and Persia. Hmm. So I've heard stories um, about Great Zimbabwe, you know, from family members or just like history when I was at school, um, how there were artifacts of like Chinese... um, what is it the chinese plates or potteries mm-hmm. um so there was a lot of trade that happened like that was a trading port or an area for africa in the southern region that's dope mm-hmm. a portuguese sea captain vicente pigado was one of the first foreigners to encounter the site in 1531 so obviously um the Zimbabweans and the Africans in that region and those that were already trading knew about the great Zimbabweans. But of course we have to start with the narrative of European, European mm-hmm. discovering the place. Real um, quick. What, yeah. what bothers me about these, um, so quote unquote discoveries is, um, a lot of these people, will put it on aliens like aliens built the pyramids or aliens mm-hmm. built the Zimbabwean ruins or anything that deals with people of color aliens had some type of part in it of influence yeah you know so are we the true aliens or what no nah, it's just they they can't fathom yeah they people. can't fathom a, a, a different race Right. specifically a black race to right. create something even though we've almost literally created but everything. if you go to rome or greece or something they say the the, the romans and the, the greeks built their own mm-hmm. monuments without alien help and yeah. shit like yeah, that yeah yeah so hopefully you know in future's time those that get credit should be the ones that deserve the credit mm-hmm. um anyway so 
Pagado wrote, among the gold mines of the inland plains between the Limpopo and Zambezi River is a fortress built of stone of marvelous size and that appears to be no mortar joining them. This edifice is almost surrounded by hills upon which are others resembling it in the fashioning of stone and the absence of mortar. And one of them is a tower more than 12 fathoms high. So Great Zimbabwe is like one of the oldest um, ruins or architectural spaces in Africa that comes second to um, ancient Egypt, I believe, mm. and before Timbuktu. Mm. So Great Zimbabwe was constructed between the 11th and the 14th centuries, over 722 hec hectares in the southern part of modern Zimbabwe. The whole site is weaved with a centuries-old drainage system, which still works, funneling water outside the houses and enclosures down into the alleys. So they had their own plumbing and all that. Yeah, and it still works. Crazy. I've been to Zimbabwe ruins, and I was only about four years old, but I distinctly remembering it being one of the beaut most beautiful places I've been to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like one of the best architectural spaces that I've ever witnessed. At its peak, an estimated 18,000 people lived in the capital of the, the kingdom of Zimbabwe. Only 200 to 300 members of the elite classes are thought to have actually stayed inside its massive stone buildings, watched over the night by guards standing on the walls, while the majority lived some distance away. Today's, today, the ruins of Great Zimbabwe are a shell of the abandoned city that Captain Pigado came across. Of course, we have to read and learn things from a, a Western perspective, but due in no small part to the frenzied plundering of the site at turn of the 20th century by European treasure hunters in search of artifacts that were eventually sent to museums through Europe, America, and South Africa. It was said that the Great Zimbabwe was an African replica of the Queen Sheba's palace in Jerusalem. The idea was prompted by the German explorer Karl Munch, who visited in 1871 and refused to believe that indigenous Africans could have built such a place. Right. And his words are, I do not think that I'm far wrong if I'm supposed that, if I suppose that the ruin on the hill is a copy of Solomon's temple on Mount Moriah and the building in the plain, a copy of the palace where the queen of Sheba lived during her visit to Solomon. He further stated that only a civilized nation must once have lived there. His racist implication un un unmistak unmistakable. Other European writers also believing that Africans did not have the capacity to build anything of this significance, such as Great Zimbabwe, suggested it was built by the Portuguese travelers, Arabs, Chinese, or Persians. Hmm. Another theory was that the site could have been the work of a Southern African tribe of ancient Jewish heritage, the Lemba. So I would love to do a podcast about the Lemba because they were actually the oldest um, evidence of Jewish people in Africa. Mm. And they stem from Zimbabwe. They're called the Lemba. I'm a firm believer that all major religions originated out of Africa. Hmm. We'll see. Maybe we can kind of dig some stuff about that. <clears throat> so adding to the mystery, the indigenous people living around the site were said to believe it was the work of demons or aliens wow. <laughs> on account of its impressive size and the perfection of its workmanship. So the same way how people like are like, oh, you know, how did they build the pyramids? How did mm -hmm. they get so high? It is the same thing with Zimbabwe ruins. 
1905, however, the British archaeologist, archaeologist David Randall MacLevere concluded the ruins were medieval and built by one or more of the local African Bantu peoples. His findings were confirmed by another British archaeologist, Gertrude Kitten Thompson, in 1929, and this remains the consensus today that in the language of the builder's descendants, the Shona people who live in the region today, um, Zimbabwe, meaning house and stone, created the Zimbabwe ruins. The city's buildings were made of impressive granite walls embellished with turret, towers, decorations, and elegantly sculpted stairways. The most notable of the buildings, an enclosure 250 meters in circumference and nine meters high was crafted with 900,000 acres, <laughs> the most notable of the buildings, an enclosure 250 meters in circumference and nine meters high, was crafted with 900,000 pieces of professionally sliced granite blocks laid on each without any binders. Its perimeter columns were decorated with soapstone sculptures of a silhouetted bird with human lips and five-fingered feet. Hmm. More than 4,000 gold and 500 copper mines were found around this site, and it was suggested that for three centuries, 40% of the world's total mined gold came from that area, mm. compounding to an estimated 600 tons of gold. Thousands of necklaces made of gold have been discovered among the ruins. Great Zimbabwe's prosperity came from its position on the route between the gold-producing regions of the area and ports of Mozambique coast. Over time, it became the heart of an extensive commercial and trading network. The main trading items range from gold, ivory, copper, tin, cattle, and cowrie shells, which was then currency for many different nations. Mm. Imported items discovered in the ruins have included glassware from Syria, a minted coin from Kilwa, and assorted Persian and Chinese ceramics. The period of prosperity at Great Zimbabwe continued until the mid-15th century, when the city's trading activity started to decline and its people began to migrate elsewhere. The most common hypothesis to explain the abandonment of the site is a shortage of food, pastures, and natural resources in Great Zimbabwe and its immediate surroundings. But the precise cause remains unclear. What if it was just colonization? Who knows? Mm. Okay, so... That's just a little bit of information for you. Um, yeah, so. It's interesting. What if <clears throat> a couple hundred thousand years ago, people of ancient times were, if not similar in advance, mm. but <clears throat> even more advanced than we are today, mm. you know, because it seems like around the same time a lot of these monuments and meg megaliths have been built you know all over the world especially with pyramids they just found um well they didn't just find it but um i came across an article of a pyramid <laughs> underwater in japan oh wow like close to japan um and it just seems like they were all on the same same wavelength or something like that i wouldn't be surprised but that's probably why a lot of history has been burned or hidden mm. just like you said when there's you know some 
statues or things with deliberately damaged noses yeah. or different features. There was just like this one point um, that I wanted to share before we go move on from the Great Zimbabwe ruins. Um, is how they were showing that unfortunately the ruins have been damaged over the last two centuries, not least due to the British journalist Richard Nicklin Hall, who in 1902 was appointed curator of the Great Zimbabwe by the British. Um, and he destroyed a significant part of the site, claiming that he was removing the filth and decadence of the kafir, which is the African word, the Southern African word for nigga. Hmm. Um, so he was removing the filth and decadence of Kafir occupation. In his search for signs that the city had been created by white builders, layers of archaeological deposits up to four meters deep were lost. So basically they just looted the area. Pretty much. And destroyed the things that they were hating on. Hmm. Which I feel like they did in majority of historical landmarks and archaeological spaces in Africa yeah. that they deem to be um, not theirs. So because it's not mine, I'm going to destroy it because not I can't. Not only that, they want to seem like they are the only advanced people of the planet mm. when in reality... ancient Europe was still kind of like yeah I know they didn't <laughs> they <laughs> okay. didn't have like agriculture or like just simple advancements back then they were still hunting hunter gatherers back then you know then all of a sudden they started to develop and mm -hmm. some of our people have taught them you know a lot of Greeks and Romans went down to Egypt to learn mathematics, science, and learn how to write and create language and literature and po poetry. Like every major advancement that they claim, we, our ancestors taught them. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, that's that. Have you ever heard of the Georgia Guidestones? I have not. Can you share a little bit about that? Well, the Georgia Guidestones are the American Stonehenge, which is in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And um, the Georgia Guidestones may be the most mysterious monument in the U.S. Huge slabs of granite inscribed with directions for rebuilding civilization after the apocalypse. You know what? When I read that, it made sense because computers don't last forever. Mm -mm. Paper doesn't last forever. Books it's does not ephemeral. last forever. Mm -hmm. So in order to, I guess, give a message or keep a message in history, you have to put it in stone, mm -hmm. you know, because it takes decades for stone to like change. Decompose. And, I don't think yeah. it really decomposes though either. Nah, it takes like centuries Or disintegrates. Stone. It's still kind of like yeah. you can find a fossil or like a stone or a sculpture mm -hmm. and majority of the time it's still intact. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Which is smart on our ancestors part. But um, yeah, it's inscribed with um, 
directions to rebuild civilization. So when did they find the Georgia Guidestones? Like how? This was like back in 1979, I believe. That's when they found them. It wasn't exactly found. Um, this rich guy. Let me let me just get into the story. Okay, go ahead, tell us. Um, only one man knows who created created them, and he's not talking. Um, so in northeastern Georgia, five masses, massive slabs of polished granite rise out of the earth in a star pattern. The rocks are 16 feet tall, with four of them weighing more than 20 tons apiece. Together, they support 25,000 pounds of capstone. Approaching um, edifice, I don't know what that is. It's hard not to think immediately of England's Stonehenge. Um, but so this one guy went to talk to um, this developer mm-hmm. and he sworn the developer of secrecy. Okay. So the developer won't admit who this guy is. Mm-hmm. But he basically gave him the blueprints and the funding on building these stones. Okay. A lot of theories are that the guy who went to the developer was a part of this like secret society, maybe like mm-hmm. um, Illuminati or um, whatever societies are out there. And he had a plan or... He had a solution for the next apocalypse because we always get an apocalypse every few hundred thousand years. Okay. And um, basically, he just wrote it out and had the developer build the stones. And um, he um, placed it in Georgia like a couple hundred um, feet away from um, the ocean. So it's above sea level. So if anything floods that will still remain there um is this a site where people can go or yeah. is it classified it's a site where anybody can go would you go no why because why well, i don't want to get all freaked out <laughs> i understand but he um what's written on the stones are you know ways to um survivor apocalypse and one of the major ways is population control okay and he said um what did he say only a few hundred thousand people should be um on the earth because we're taking care of its resources okay i mean not taking care we're taking advantage of its resources so Number one, maintain humanity under 500,000 in perpetual balance with nature. 500,000? That's a little bit. 500 million? 500 million, my bad. 500 million in perpetuation. So I was about to say, that's a lot of people that got to (laughs) die. With uh, balance with nature. Okay. Um, Second rule, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Okay. Three, unite humanity with a living new language. So one, one language. Four, rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Five, protect people and nations with 
fair laws and just courts. Okay. Um, six, let all nations rule eternally revolving external disputes in a world court. Mm-hmm. Seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Mm-hmm. Eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite, I guess the universe or God or whoever you believe in. Mm-hmm. And number 10, be not a cancer on the earth, leave room for nature, leave room for nature. Hmm. What do you feel about, like, what are your thoughts? I'm, I'm, I'm about to sound real crazy, but it kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense. I mean, I'm not a scientist, but there is a lot of people on the earth and we're not taking the best care of it. Like there's a lot of plastic in the oceans and smog in the air and a lot of endangered animals that people don't really particularly care about. But cutting the population down to 500 million is crazy to me. Like, how do you do that? We go from 7.5 billion to 500 million. That's a lot of people not here anymore. Do you think that will probably be due to viruses? Probably. Yeah. Wow. So do you think it's all connected? Every couple of years, we get a different virus. Not a couple, but maybe 10 or 15 years, I would say. Yeah. Um, Going back to your point, that's a very good question. Because I think it's just been recent where I have been thinking beyond just one way. Mm -hmm. Or even fathoming the fact that we are actually living in a time where these insistence are happening. When we were kids, we were probably just reading about, you know, measles outbreaks and, yeah, uh, you know, things that we were just like were kind of past us. But it's not. <laughs> we're living in it. And we're also at a time where the, the planet is compromised. Who knows how long humans will be on this planet. Yeah, yeah. Just a lot going on. It makes sense. But just killing a lot of people doesn't make sense to me, you know, instead of. So, but that's why I'm saying, like, maintain humanity under 500 million. What doesn't mean kill everyone. It probably means there are circumstances that are going to happen due to nature, due to humankind that are going to affect the current population. Mm. We even have, like, you know policemen shooting black people yeah so it's like different things that are going to cause us to be a, a human race that's being maintained population a, wise a catastrophic catastrophic event like yeah there's so many things like that a meteor or volcanoes or tornadoes tidal waves and stuff like that right so who knows like it could be it's written down, but it, it's probably not telling us what to do, but what will probably potentially happen. And it's funny because the stone, those commandments are written in 
every language, every major language in the world. Right. And then I think it's now kind of relative to, like, each step is relative to one another because when they say guide reproductive wisely, reproduction wisely, yeah. it's probably saying maybe don't have so many kids or, like, the kids that you're going to have, you're going to have to raise in order to sustain the society that we're going to move towards, mm-hmm. which will probably look like, I don't know, not as glamorous as it does now. With all of the viruses and the changes and perhaps, you know, the UFOs that they're talking about, whether or not that's true or not. But it's almost like the planet is shifting into something that we're probably not ready for right now. But we Mm. can train the future to know what to do. We as humans, we often forget that we are of the planet. You know what I mean? Like everything on this planet has its purpose. Mm. You know what I mean? Like. Everything is is supposed to, the planet is an ecosystem that thrives off of balance. You know what I mean? Like, they have birds that eat certain mosquitoes, or I don't know how I want to explain it, but everything is... is Everything has a, a, a purpose, I understand. A purpose, it's a balance. So... We as humans are not fulfilling our purpose, which is why everything is going crazy right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like over to over digging resources, non-renewable resources, you know, um, oil and all this other stuff. Like we're basically sucking the planet dry and we won't have a planet to thrive on within the next couple of hundred years historically i do agree with you that we had a purpose in terms of knowing that if you're going to take something from nature you have to put something back exactly so if you're you know going to take a flower you plant another one (laughs) and regrow something like you know something like that where i think that we've kind of lost initially our cycle our contributions to thanking the planet or even in Brazil, maintaining that cycle. Brazil has the most. They got the Amazon, right? Mm. The Amazon is like the lungs of the planet. It provides seventy percent of our fresh. Seventy-five, oxygen. I think. Seventy-five percent of our fresh oxygen, and the president of Brazil just burnt down a lot of the forests for um, some capitalistic gain or and something that like will- that affect the entire chain the entire world Mm -hmm. sand from the sahara desert the wind blows that Mm -hmm. from africa all the way to brazil Mm -hmm. which provides nutrients for the soil Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like like i said everything has a purpose everything is supposed to be balanced but when somebody messes up that balance that's when the whole world it's like a butterfly effect. You do one thing over here and it messes up everything. Mm-hmm. I agree. That was actually a good example. So what do you... Do you think the laws are wrong or do you think they make sense? Like They make sense. They make sense, but it's not clear to me who this message is to. Mm-hmm. Is it for the entire human race or those that come ahead of us or was it to those that came before us 
I know that most of this was kind of like dug up or like orchestrated in the late 70s, early 80s. But who is this message for? Was it for the current, you know, people in the 80s or those that are in the future? You know what I mean? Like, mm. at what point do we start acknowledging these lists? And at what point do we stop? Like, there's no end or beginning with it. Mm. What I want to know is who in the hell was this guy that commissioned this project? Who wants to not be named? Right. And. Aliens. <laughs> how did he remain keep this a secret for so long like how did he keep his identity a secret well it was easy without social media though like without looking up somebody on the computer back in the day you couldn't just do that and granted it is expensive like he had to be a rich man to, mm, I didn't know it was expensive yeah granted countertops man you spending a lot of money on it <laughs> but 20 ton granite yeah, I'm start. I'm laughing because remember when we were watching um, like a preview of 90 Day Fiance mm-hmm. and the girl from Kenya is like, you guys buy rocks? <laughs> it's still, I still can't fathom the fact that people buy rocks because rocks are literally everywhere in certain parts of the world. Right. But yeah, that's interesting. It's just really interesting, you know. Um, I think it's important for us to leave some type of like common sense mm-hmm. laws to pass down to history. You oh know? yeah, boy, we're gonna need it for some generations coming ahead of us. Absolutely, you know. Could do you remember when? This is kind of off tangents, but relative. Do you remember when um, instructions used to be written down, and mm. now they're just images? Like they don't even have words. It's like hieroglyphs. Mm-hmm. Hieroglyphics, yeah. yeah. But it's just like people don't really read anymore. It's a very visual experience that mm-hmm. we face. Mm-hmm. And so, if these were written down to us in these steps, like how do you visually interpret this, or how do you get it so that people understand? You got me there. <laughs> you got me there. It's a lot of a speaking emoji now. Right. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, can these be applied, even if? It was to a future generation. Like, will they be able to understand what this is saying? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Let me take another look at that list real quick. For sure. Maintain humanity under 500 million. Okay. Unite humanity Mm -hmm. with a living new language. So one language. Unite humanity with a living language? Yeah, like a language that everyone can speak. Okay. Interesting. So, Mm -hmm. before you go to the next rule, I saw, or when you were sharing that, the scriptures are written in multiple languages, but from the major languages of these places. So you have English, you have Swahili, you have Arabic. Mm -hmm. So it's like all of these familiar languages from each continent Mm -hmm. why so that the point can be made across yeah okay continue i'm sorry um rule passion faith tradition and all things with tempered reason all things with tempered reason okay protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts 
from what I'm reading, a lot of this shit makes sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just common sense. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court, like the UN or something like that. Right, right but a fair one. Because I think that right now we still live in a very westernized society. Right. So all of the decisions are made or the final decision that's made is based off of like, you know, you're looking to United Kingdom or America. Absolutely. This is my favorite one. Mm -hmm. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. We have a lot of useless officials. What does that mean? Like U.S. government who doesn't do anything. Oh, yeah. Government government officials, people in Senate, people in um, state courts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. State government. I I really like that. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Balance there are a lot of petty laws, don't you think? A whole lot of petty laws. <laughs> yeah. And it's mostly driven from c- capitalism. Mm. You know? There's cops out here who lock people up just to reach a quota. Interesting. Balance personal rights with social duties. Okay. I don't, I don't get that one. Say that again one more time. Balance personal rights with social duties. So don't be selfish. Also think about others and not just yourself. Your community. Right. Your family. Things like that. My favorite one. This is the last one. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room mm-hmm. for nature. Leave room for nature. <laughs> Be not a cancer on earth. Jeff Bezos and what's his name? Branson going up to space for a day. On the backs of <laughs> Amazon dollars and workers. Shame. With no benefits. This, this is a, a weird statement. Um, mm-hmm. Astronomical phenomenon are also associated with the Guidestones. Mm. The four large upright granite slabs that compose the face of the structure are oriented to the limits of the moon's migration during the course of the year. Was that done intentionally or it just happened to be that way? I think it was intentional. Okay. An eye-level oblique hole is drilled in the gnomon stone upwards towards the celestial heavens Interesting. Um, <clears throat> and oriented on the polar polaris mm-hmm. excuse me oriented on the polaris the north star in the middle of the gnomon stone is a large slot with a hole cut through granite orienting the mon- monument with summer and winter solstice okay the guy stone also acts as a sundial, enormous sundial, drilled with the capstone and seven eighth inch holes, which allow sunshine, sunlight to shine on the southern face of the gnomon stone at noon. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a big clock, too. Maybe it's counting down to uh, the world's end. Who knows? Who knows? So we've spoken about the Great Zimbabwe ruins and the Georgia Guidestones. Guidestones. 
what other spaces or historical architectural spaces that we haven't touched base on? Um, they have these megaliths in um, South America. I think it's called Machu Picchu. Okay. Where these big blocks sort of like similar to um, the Zimbabwean structures mm-hmm. where these blocks are stacked on top of each other with no um, things gluing them together. They're just so heavy that they're mm-hmm. stuck. That's but great. If we step away from the blocks, it looks like corn almost. I want to see this, yeah. Yeah, it's called mm-hmm. Machu Picchu. Mm-hmm. And the blocks are cut in a specific way. Like, you will have to use power tools in order to cut this stuff. Oh, interesting. Because they're, the blocks are so damn heavy. In it's, Peru. Yeah, in Peru. And um, there's... a. Some more pyramids. I think they're in um Sudan, South Sudan, mm-hmm. created by the Nubians. That's mm-hmm. older than um Egypt. Those I yeah, know. Mm-hmm. That's older than Egypt. Um, of course, you got the Mayan temples and the Mayan uh, ruins. Then you have the large African faces and um southern South America called um the Omex. Mm-hmm. Big broad noses. Um, they're basically bitch statues that that's carved into faces. I've seen them. Um, you have the large heads of Eastern Island, which is really dope. Like it's a lot of crazy stuff, <laughs> you know. And a lot of these civilizations were around pre Ice Age. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Which is another thing I think will take us out is another ice age. We're not built for that. I don't even Mm-mm. like when it snows out here. <laughs> you don't like it. I definitely don't like it. Yeah. All right. So any concluding words? Don't overpopulate the earth, man. Treat the earth like it's your, I don't know. Like it's your family. Yeah, like it's Have your family. Have some respect. Like it's your house. You know what Put I mean? some respect on Earth's name. But, um, yeah, that's all I have for today. Me too. All right. Let, it, let me uh, give you a quote for today. Um, if you count all your assets, you will always show a profit. Hmm. Wilson Miser. Very nice. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment. Um, Please do comment if you're on Apple Podcasts and um, share with your family and friends. And we will talk to you guys later. Thank you. Thank you.